Do we need to start worrying about Daniel Jones's future availability? What about the offensive line? That and more coming your way next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host at Patricia underscore trainer on X, the social media site formerly known as Twitter, and at Patty Trainer, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A on threads and Instagram, where I post videos, clips, audios, all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out. Follow if you are not already doing so. And please be sure to subscribe, like, and smash that little bell if you are watching us on YouTube. We would appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you making us your first listener of the day. If you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. All right. On today's Locked on Giants podcast, do we need to start worrying about Daniel Jones's future with this team? And we'll also talk about yet another offensive line combination. Some movement on the offensive line uh, done on Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then finally, we'll close out with should the Giants be sellers at the trade deadline regardless of what happens these next two games so that is our agenda for today's show as always thank you for listening all right let's talk about daniel jones now not since eli manning have i seen a player that's been so polarizing as daniel jones i mean there are people that can't wait to get rid of him there are people who say you know he's been dealt an unfair hand And then there are people that are somewhere in the middle with Daniel Jones. But I want to look at this more so from a a human perspective here. Daniel Jones is dealing with a neck injury, as we all know. It is not the same neck injury that he had a couple years ago in which it cost him the final six games of the season. Yet he was able to practice with that one. This one he has not yet been able to practice. Now, as I record this, it's Tuesday night. We will see if he'll be able to practice this week, at least on a limited basis. But on his weekly appearance with the Up and Adams show uh, with Kay Adams, Daniel sure didn't sound like um, he was making progress in the right direction. All right. He talked about, you know, how uh, on Sunday night he talked to uh, Melissa Stark and he said how he has pain in the left side of his neck. And it's kind of affecting his shoulder. Now, you know, I don't profess to be a doctor, so I'm not going to try and diagnose him. From my own personal experience, though, since I have been dealing with a neck issue myself as a result of a pinched nerve, those suckers hurt. And they can literally render your arm or your leg, depending on, you know, how they're pinched, they can render it useless. So... I know for me, I've been going through, you know, treatment to to make mine better and it's improving, but it's taken quite a bit. And again, I'm not saying that Daniel Jones has the exact same injury I have, but neck injuries can take a while to heal. 
and you don't want to mess around with them. You don't want to put, especially when it comes to a contact sport, you do not want to put a guy out on the field, especially behind an offensive line, which we'll talk about in a moment that has been like humans turnstiles. So, you know, and listening to Daniel, when he spoke to uh, Kay Adams on, on his weekly spot, he didn't sound to me like a guy who had made enough progress to be able to potentially play on Sunday versus the, the commanders. Now, when I say, is it time to be concerned about him? I'm not just talking in terms of football, you know, because obviously that that's his profession. Um, you know, everybody should have a right to pursue the profession that they want to, if they are given the opportunity where I tend to be concerned is from a human perspective. All right. This is a guy who's what, 26 years old. This is his second neck injury. Neck injuries are not something to mess around with, as I've said. So you got to wonder if he is potentially at risk that when he eventually does go back out there, if he goes back out there this year, and I don't know, you know, what the status is there, is he at risk of doing something worse? You know, is something going on to where maybe, maybe this just isn't going to be worth it anymore. Now, only Daniel Jones can make that decision, obviously, along with his doctors. You know, he's young, but again, neck injuries. We saw what happened a few years ago with David Wilson and how a neck issue ended his career prematurely. So it does happen. Um, You know, your concern, like I said, is for the individual because you don't want him going out there. God forbid he gets sacked and get hit, hit the wrong way. And now all of a sudden you have bigger problems. So for me, speaking for myself, yes, I have concern about Daniel Jones as a human. I have concerns about, you know, um, if maybe in his effort to show how tough he is, maybe he's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll throw caution to the wind. That's his call. I get that. And I respect that. But, you know, regardless of what you think of him as a quarterback, And again, I know there's people out there that don't like him. They just assume move on from him. I get that. And, uh, you know, even the Giants, the way they set up his contract, they can get out of that contract very easily, you know, after um, next year if they want to, or if actually even before if they trade him. But um, you don't want to see an injury have to force anybody's hand. And that's potentially here what we are looking at with Daniel Jones. It's unfortunate because, you know, from my perspective, there are things that Daniel Jones doesn't do well as a quarterback, still doesn't do well as a quarterback, you know, making quick reads, processing quickly. But then again, there are things that we don't know, you know, especially behind this offensive line with this offense having gravitated to to more of a, you know, trying to become more of a attractive type of of offense, which it hasn't really been able to do, but they tried to to jump ahead in the uh, in year two of the system to be, you know, to do a little bit more. We may never know if Daniel Jones could have handled it because this offensive line's not giving him a chance. Now he's got the injury and who knows how much longer he's going to be out. Um, Maybe, maybe he's back this week. I doubt it. 
right now. I mean, if, if you were to put me on the spot, I would say I don't expect him for Sunday's game. But we'll see. And again, from a human perspective, I hope the injury resolves itself. He's able to get back out there and figure out a way so that if he gets hit again, and we know he will because that's life as a quarterback, that he doesn't have to deal with this coming up um, down the future. All right, coming up next, the Giants are headed for another offensive line combo. We'll talk about that right after this. Hey, Giant fans, our partner at eBay Motors has teamed up with Lachlan Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And Giant fans, if you're looking for a guaranteed receiver to fit on your championship roster, Vinny is recommending Atlanta's Drake London. London is starting to show why the Falcons drafted him first among the many talented receivers in the 2022 draft and why he was a hot sleeper in 2023 fantasy drafts. London has found his groove in the offense with Desmond Ritter. And in the past two weeks, London has caught 15 of his 21 targets for 203 yards. He draws another good spot in week seven against the Buccaneers, who have struggled to contain the team's number one wide receivers. London is guaranteed to keep bringing the the pleasing production with great matchups ahead of the Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals before a week 11 bye. And Giant fans, while Vinny Iyer from Locked on Fantasy Football helps you win your fantasy championship, know that eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And on this segment, offensive line. We'll talk, we'll get you caught up on the latest with that unit. And I have some thoughts about kind of how that has played out this season. First off, for those of you who uh, missed the news, on Monday, the team waived Jalen Mayfeld, who they had signed uh, on Saturday, last Saturday. Uh, they waived him. He has since been re-signed to the practice squad. The Giants have also signed off the Eagles practice squad, Tyree Phillips, who, of course, was with them in the summertime. And they added Josh Miles, whom they signed off the Atlanta uh, practice squad to the 53-man roster. Joshua Zudu goes to IR with the toe injury he suffered against Buffalo. Justin Pugh is on the uh, practice squad. His rights reverted back to the practice squad. And a lot of you have asked me about Lyle Collins. Um, Nothing brewing there that I know of, at least not as of Tuesday night. He came in. He had his workout. um, And, uh, you know, I suspect, I don't know this for a fact, but maybe he's still not ready to go, you know, with, with that injury he's coming off of. Maybe he didn't look right or wasn't moving right. Um, that would be my guess, but nothing brewing there, obviously. 
because the Giants have gone in another direction um, for now, at any rate, with offensive line. So we have these new faces, which means we're going to have a new combination, a new starting combination against the Commanders on Sunday. What's it going to look like? Well, as I mentioned, uh, Joshua Zudu, who had been playing left tackle on IR. I don't think it will be Justin Pugh at left tackle. Um, Justin Pugh can man the position at guard. I think if anything, if they bring him up, which I could see them doing, perhaps he is the left guard and maybe Tyree Phillips tries left tackle. Uh, center should be Ben Bredesen. Right guard, I suspect, will be Mark Lewinsky again. Um, he stepped in for um, Marcus McKethan, who basically got benched. I think McKethan was also dealing with a an injury too, but I think that was more along of a benching than anything. And then, of course, you have Evan Neal at right tackle. Now, folks, all these offensive line combinations, my goodness, how are they supposed to get continuity? How is this helping some of these younger players? All right. I think of Evan Neal, for example, who was played next to, you know, McGathan, who is relatively inexperienced, who's now playing next to Glowinski, who has had his ups and downs. How are you supposed to stabilize your own performance? And yes, I know Evan Neal has his deficiencies. I'm not blind to that. But the point being is, is sometimes if you play next to a steady presence, that can help mitigate some of the issues that a player has. Over on the left side, you know, Azudu has played next to Bredesen. Um, he started next to, um, you know, to Pew, and he had his struggles. Um, Glowinski was there for, for I think, a, a few snaps. Now you've got to mix it up. Tyree Phillips is coming in. He may need to play next to Pew, who I don't be, believe he's ever played next to before. I mean, it's just, it's like musical chairs in that offensive line room. So how are these guys supposed to build, you know, cohesiveness, communication, and just be effective? They can't. Now, a veteran like Justin Pugh, what we saw last week, did a nice job in terms of calming everything down getting, you know, everybody on the same page. You know, you, you would think it would be the center that does that, but sometimes a veteran voice who has been there, done that, seen just about everything, even if he plays a different position than center, can be just as effective. So I personally would like to see Justin Pugh added to the 53-man roster, but I don't know necessarily if the Giants are going to be able to do that. And the reason why I say that is because Pugh is looking to um, – to get paid, all right? Uh, joining the practice squad gives him an opportunity to put film out there for the rest of the league because obviously the rest of the league can come in and sign him off the Giants practice squad if they so choose. Now, Pew did put out a mixed bag on, on uh, Sunday night, playing fairly well at, at uh, left guard before moving to left tackle and having his share of struggles. So you got to think that, you know, the Giants – at best, you know, they've got two more uh, elevations they can use on Pew. They'll probably use one this weekend, and Pew will continue, you know, go back to that left guard spot and continue to show that he's back from that um, that ACL injury. 
that, you know, that is in the, in the rearview mirror. Now I talk about money. The giants have 4.4 million in cap space, according to over the cap, which I don't believe has updated that total uh, following the, the, the two signings that were made today. They should, you know, those signings shouldn't cost them a whole lot. But the point being is, is the giants don't have a whole lot of money to get through the rest of the year. So I don't know if, you know, they, they say to themselves, okay, you know what? We like Pew. We want to keep them for the long term or at least for the next year or two. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it this year. So it's kind of a risk, but, you know, for however long they have Pew and hopefully they will have them for the rest of the year, um, you know, they'll just keep working them in as best as they can. You know, again, they have two more practice squad elevations before they have to move on and, and, uh, you know, add him to the roster or risk exposing him to waivers. So I'm curious to see what happens there over the next couple of weeks if Justin Pugh remains a part of this offensive line, which, by the way, I do think he will be um, because he, he played, like I said, he played well in the at guard and he brought a sense of calmness to that offensive line that had been missing. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, the offensive line, still a mess. You know, let's just throw up our hands, folks. That offensive line just ain't getting fixed this year. It's that that um, that simple. All right, coming up next, should the Giants be sellers by the trade deadline, especially if they lose the next two games? Well, to that, I say, what do you think, right? But we'll talk about it right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can sometimes drag us down, leaving us with more questions than answers. Life-changing decisions and events can challenge our coping skills and call our confidence in making decisions into question. BetterHelp can provide you with the guidance you need to become empowered in your decision-making process. BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you find that your assigned therapist isn't a match for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on hey giant fans the locked on giants insiders club is where you get exclusive content delivered directly to your phone such as private q a videos obscure stats and so much more plus members can keep the conversation going about big blue with me in one-on-one conversations via text Already dozens of giant fans have become part of this exclusive community and I'd like to invite you to try it out as well For more information or to register for your free, no obligation, 14-day trial, visit joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. That's joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm Patricia Trena. And coming up tomorrow, we have the crossover edition of Locked on Giants, Locked on Commanders. David Harrison and I will break down the key storylines, the matchups. We'll give you predictions, everything you need to know to get you ready for Sunday's game, one o'clock 
uh, 1 o'clock p.m., MetLife Stadium. So uh, that should be a good one. Giants typically have uh, held their own against the Commanders. We'll see if they can continue to do so. All right, this segment, speaking of which, if the Giants lose to the Commanders and then they lose the following week against the Jets, should they be sellers or should they stand pat? Folks, I think you know the answer. This team is probably not going to the playoffs. All right. It's just, it's just really too far gone, I think. Even if they go on a little mini run and, and a mini winning streak, I find it really, you know, I, I don't know that they make it to the playoffs. I, I'd be surprised. So that said, if you're Joe Shane and you're looking at this roster and you're saying, okay, We've got a foundation involved. We've got our core uh, in place, but we got to start thinking about continuing this rebuilding process because that's what they've been doing this year is they've been rebuilding. They were supposed to start the rebuild last year, which they did, but because they did so well, we kind of forgot that it was a rebuild, but you know, in reality, the giants are probably where they should be in terms of personnel and making decisions and whatnot which is why, you know, they didn't pay Saquon, which is why, you know, they haven't done anything with Leonard Williams's contract or Dory Jackson's contract or Xavier McKinney's contract. So if you're the Giants, though, you only have six draft picks next year. You're not getting any comp picks. You would be kind of foolish, I think, if you didn't look to try and move some of these guys that maybe aren't in your long-term plans. and you know, some people look at that as just throwing in the towel on the current season and, okay, we're moving our best players or we're moving this player, uh, you know, we're giving up. Mm, I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. I mean, you know, a lot of people have asked me about, you know, should the Giants tank to get, you know, a quarterback next year? And I absolutely despise that question because no true competitor will ever tank. I mean, and if somebody is tanking, they should really think about getting out of the sport and doing something else because that's just giving up. When you're, you know, trading away guys, I don't see that quite the same as giving up. I see that as, you know, recognizing where you are in your rebuild process and just pushing ahead to potentially, you know, get better. I think coming in, a lot of people, and myself included, we were mesmerized by last year and the success the team had and thought, oh, this shouldn't be too hard. They got a better salary cap situation. They've got, you know, more draft picks. They should be able to build and take things to the next level. When in reality, that was fool's gold. So here the Giants are, you know, facing a crossroads of sorts. Now, if you're Joe Shane, obviously you're not going to give guys away for nothing. You want to get as good value as you can for guys who you might be looking to move. But to me, there's absolutely no question. Even if the Giants win these next two games, regardless, actually regardless of what they do against the commanders and the Jets, I would consider moving a couple guys. And I did a show um, last week about potential trade, uh, trade uh, targets, if you will. Um, I mentioned Leonard Williams. I mentioned mentioned Adore Jackson. Um, maybe even one of the receivers, Paris Campbell, who seems to be, you know, 
they're trying to find a role for him. And uh, I don't know that role is going to be on the offense moving forward. I think it's going to be on special teams. So look to move some of these guys who maybe aren't in your future and see if you can't get some additional draft capital so that come next April when you're on the clock, you can manipulate a little bit, move up and down the board as need be, because that's how you're going to really get the guys you want if you're the Giants. And they still got a lot of work to do. They have a lot of needs that they need to fill out. You know, we could the offensive line, obviously, you know, adding some depth there. You know, edge rusher is another one. If they move on from Xavier McKinney, they might want to add another safety. They probably want to, you know, continue adding to the cornerbacks. I mean, really, you could go up and down the roster and say that, you know, there's room to add either via the draft or free agency. But, you know, you only have so much to to uh, to deal with in, in free agency, so much cap space. And the Giants for next year, as of uh, right now, the Giants are scheduled to have, let me see, I think it's 37, yeah, 37.852 million. If they can swing some of the trades of these bigger contracts, the Leonard Williams, the Dory Jacksons, and I know that's that's a stretch, but if they could get rid of some of those contracts, they can add to that pot that they have next year, which will give them more flexibility to do things in, you know, the offseason and free agency. And of course, you know, to accommodate a draft class, which right now it's something like they're going to be in the top 10 in the draft class. So they're going to need a little bit more money. Now, here's the other thing to keep in mind, which I thought, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about, which I thought um, Joe Shane was kind of smart to do. When you look at uh, the guys who are not under contract for next year, um, I mentioned a few, and, and I don't think these guys will be back, but Leonard Williams and Dory Jackson, um, they are they have voidable years in their contracts. So like I said, try to get rid of them. Mark Lewinsky, you know, I don't think will be back next year. Tyrod Taylor has a voidable year. He may or may not be back. The Giants, though, took care of Dexter Lawrence a year early, you know, because they did have him under contract this year on on his um, his uh, rookie option year. They took care of Andrew Thomas early. So really, you look at next year, who did the Giants have that they absolutely have to break the bank open for? Can you make an argument for Saquon Barkley? Perhaps, but that's one guy. You should be able to get his cap number low. Um, if you can work out a deal with him, but who else, who else on the roster do they really have that, that you say they got to resign this guy, you know, Xavier McKinney. I mean, you might want him back, but are you going to break the bank open for him? Probably not given how he's played thus far. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor, are you going to look to extend him possibly, but he shouldn't break the bank either. There's really nobody, um, you know, Graham Gano, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Gano, they've they've extended. Yep, they did. So there's really nobody on this roster other than Saquon that you can make a case for that you absolutely have to break open the bank. So you can use some of that money next year um, from that pot to add via free agency. 
And if you can get additional draft picks, even better. So now you can take the rebuild even further and bring this team closer to being the team that you envisioned. So I think that's kind of where the Giants are headed. I do think they will be sellers uh, before the deadline. I don't know that they'll make a ton of trades, but I could see them making at least one, possibly two, uh, and, and just continue to rebuild because this team, you know, this is still in the midst of a rebuild. And in retrospect, those of us, and again, I include myself in this, who anticipated this team would be taking the next step, we were mistaken because if you go back, the signs were there all along that this team was just getting started in its rebuild and that it's still got a long way to go. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for me on this edition of the Lock on Giants podcast. Don't forget, tomorrow, Crossover Thursday, David Harrison of Lock on Commanders and I give you everything you need to know ahead of the Giants-Commanders game. We hope to see you then. Thank you for making us your first listener of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day, and we'll see you tomorrow.